This is SEN's NBL show with Braden Hesselhurst. Now Qualls turned it over, straight in the path of Scott Sobey, pulls up from the foul line, nothing but net. A show built for Australian basketball fans. Welcome to the NBL show on SENQ. And unfortunately, we're here again. Another coach has been given the kiss of death. This time, it's the Adelaide 36ers head coach, CJ Bruton. He's gone. Of course, it's been said it's a mutual decision, which it definitely is not. Um, And, of course, it's the coach who gets the blame once again. The players get off scot-free. And, of course, the ownership have no accountability in the situation. But... We'll touch more on that a bit later in the show. It was a big round in the NBL, especially for the Queensland teams. The Brisbane Bullets returned from the FIBA window break and went 2-0, and zero, surviving against the Cairns Taipans in another edition of the spicy Sunshine Stoush. And at home, they survived and improved and reinvigorated Illawarra Hawks team under coach Justin Tatum by one point with a heroic last defensive play from Tyrell Harrison. While the Taipans found their form again after that loss against the Bullets, against the best team in the league, bouncing back from that Sunshine Stoush game by dominating the championship favourites in Melbourne United, in Melbourne, to put themselves firmly back in the finals picture. They're just outside the top six, but had the best game of the season against United on Sunday. But first, we go inside Bullets camp. They sit six on the ladder, and after two wins in round nine, they're just one win away from second. But they face arguably their biggest test of the season this week, taking on United in Melbourne on Sunday. And we hear from their assistant coach in former NBL big man, as well as a former coach and teammate of mine, Greg Vanderjat. Vandy, welcome to the NBL show. Hey, thanks for having me, gents. Great to, great to be a part of it this week. First of all, Vandy, I do have to touch on the breaking news with you. Um, you've had some stuff to do with CJ Bruton in the past. What's your immediate reaction hearing the news from down south in Adelaide? Yeah, look, um, yeah, it kind of broke for us um, right after practice. You know, when it started, you know, we started to have those conversations. Oh, geez, we'll look at what's happened in Adelaide this week. Um, it, it's been a challenging season for, for CJ um, and, and the organisation down there. So, Look, CJ is a, a close friend of mine, and, and disappointed for him to for for it to come to come to this stage. Um, you, you know, my thoughts are primarily primarily with CJ at, at this point in time. You know, making sure I'll check in with him, make sure that he's okay. Um, and, and obviously, it's it's not a great outcome anytime this happens. That you know, obviously, um, things happened here in Brisbane last year. So you know, kind of firsthand understand the ins and outs of the the why and you know, the reasoning behind it, um, you know, from, from our point of view. So, yeah, um, but first and foremost, like I said, uh, thought, thoughts of CJ, you know, I, I know the kind of character that he is, uh, first-class human being, high-quality individual, and I know he was he was working night and day, um, you know, up, down, left, right, to, to try and figure that thing out. So, you know, I'm sure he's, he's left no stone unturned to um, find the best outcomes for the team this year. And, you know, things haven't worked out. And the 36ers make a decision that they're entitled to make and, and go in a different direction. Well said, Vandy. Uh, going on to you guys on the weekend, uh, what, what's the feeling after those two wins? You know, you had some uh, fourth quarter fade outs before um, the weekend, but those wins on the weekend, they, they were tight wins, but I, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, oh, this, it's still, you know, not a safe fourth quarter or, you know, it's still scratchy, but... 
haven't been a coach and that sometimes you need those ugly wins to gain confidence and get over that hurdle and you get uh, a lot of good feeling and confidence from there. How do you guys feel after the weekend? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, you, you know, you hit the nail on the head. You, you do need to build those habits of winning. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to do that. You know, we found ways to grind out two two good wins. Like, Cairns go to Melbourne on, on Sunday and, and they beat the best team in the league comfortably going away. Illawarra, a different group than they were before the feeble window. So, um, they're, they're two wins that, you know, we put in our bag now. We're 7-7 seven and, seven and, you know, fourth quarter win or loss is, is irrelevant. We've still got to win. Um, you know, the way we executed down the stretch against Illawarra, we're really happy with. You know, we got the shots we wanted. Um, you know, Shaman had a great look with an open three um, in the corner, the, a shot that we trust him to make. Like, you know, we, we found some combinations on the floor um, and, and trust those guys to, to make the right plays down the stretch. And, you know, the most pleasing thing is in those two wins is, is we can always back in our defense. Like, you know, we got stops at crucial time. You know, Tyrell Harrison's wall up on Gary Clark. You know, we hold two teams under 80 in a weekend. Um, it, it's, it's, it's hard to do. Um, you know, so we, we know we can always lean on our defense and rely on our defense down the stretch of games to get things done. And, you know, our offense is, is a work in progress. And, you know, we're, we're working on it every day. Uh, we spent significant time on it through the feeble window. And, um, you know, I think we, we showed over the weekend that we're, we're, we're improving in that in that aspect. And, and it's a constant growth phase for us with a, with a pretty much a new roster, new head coach, new system. Um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. We know that, um, and, and let's keep working on the day-to-day with it and, and getting better at it, watch the film, and, and make sure we keep learning from it. Um, if there's no learning, then it becomes a problem. But I think the, the most pleasing thing is, is is there's learning happening from both us as a coaching staff and the playing group. As a big man, Vandy, um, and you've spent a lot of time with Aaron Baines since he's come to the Bullets, and I, I believe you were even the uh, crash test dummy when he worked out when, when he came to <laughs> Brisbane. Um, the, the criticism of... of his play since he's gone to the bench. And uh, I think he's played a really important role in, in several games. Um, but people probably have unrealistic expectations. And that. What, what do you think of the Baines criticism um, going through this season? Um, look, I haven't heard the criticism, to be honest. Um, you know, like there's obviously the, the, the suspension happened and there was some noise around that time about about what that was. Um, but, you know, Bangers has been unbelievable um, in, in the environment for, for us since he came back um, after the suspension. You know, he's bought into to a bench role. Um, he celebrates the success of his teammates. Like, the the amount of joy that he gets from seeing Tyrell and Rocco succeed is just unbelievable. Um, for a guy of his stature and his ilk to, to celebrate their success the way that he's doing, you know, it takes a lot of an individual to give them themselves like that. Um, I think I said in an interview not long ago with the NBL, like, Bangers wants these guys to take his minutes, but he's not. He's also not going to hand it to them. Like, the practice yeah. environment for him is, is he's helping these guys get better um, on the day-to-day, and, and, and that's helping us. You know, the performances of Tyrell and Rocco, um, you know, Tyrell's probably the most improved player in the NBL this year. Rocco's exceeded everybody's expectations of a 17-year-old coming in the league, and, and Baines is a big part of that. Um, you know, his, his stat line on on Sunday against Illawarra, you know, what was it? Eight points, six boards in 11 minutes. Like, outstanding. Like, his, his point, his, his per-minute production is huge. You know, his voice, his screen connections, his presence defensively is, is what his point of difference is for us. So, you know, we're, we're, we're stoked with what we're getting from Bangers right now. And, I, and I, I really, if there is criticism out there of his level of play, I, I don't understand it because he's giving us what we need. 
And, and another player who's been impressive in the last couple of games, mate, is Chris Smith. He's really found his form. And I think Justin spoke to me about it last week that you guys have, you know, found where you can use him and different things to get him great shots and stuff like that. How much has his sort of improvement or finding his form helped you guys and sort of eased the load offensively on Nathan as well? Oh, for sure. You, you know, we always knew um, Chris coming to this league was going to be a weapon for us because of what his skill set is. Um, he's a guy who's had success all over the world. Like, it's it's not surprising him getting to the level he is now. Um, there's obviously a oh, there's always a transition and a feeling out period for any new import to the NBL in terms of the refereeing, the physicality, how heavily the league scouted. Um, you, you know, Chris has worked hard on his conditioning, and you know, finding a transit the transition from a starting role to a bench role as well. So there's a lot of moving parts that go into it. And, and we found a sweet spot with Chris right now in terms of the, the looks that we're generating for him, um, how aggressive he's been offensively as well and not passing up some looks that he was previously passing up. Um, and he's such a multifaceted player. Like, we can post him up against smaller guards. You know, we we'll use him as a floor spacer. We can put him in pick and roll. Like, he, he's an incredibly skilled basketball player. And I think we're just starting to unlock that, that, that potential for him. And, you know, I think it's only, you know, upwards from here for Chris as well. Big test for you guys this weekend. You head down to Melbourne to take on United. The the championship favourites are the best defensive team in the, in the comp. Uh, you spoke about the scout earlier. How do you prepare for a team like that? Uh, look, I mean, it, it's still... You, you look at what they do. Um, you, they know who they are. Like, they're acutely aware of that. Dean's been there a long time and done a great job with that program over, over such a long period now. You know, they're a defensive-minded team. They've been the benchmark uh, this year for sure. Um, you know, the, the best defense in the league, as you spoke about. Um, they had a slip-up against Cairns on, on Sunday. So, you know, you know they're going to be in the lab this week as well, working on the deep. Like, that's, that's what the focus is going to be. It always is for them in a clapback game after a loss. They're going to turn up the heat. Shay and Delhi are going to crawl into the ball. You know, Joe and Ariel Hockbody at the rim. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of weapons that they have at their, their disposal defensively. Uh, we, we've just got to make sure that our counters are on point. Uh, we understand what the, what the pressure is coming. And if you look at our practice environment, our practice environment is harder than a game for us. So uh, guys like Sam McDaniel, Isaac White, Mitch Norton, Sobe, Bane, like the, the practice environment we have replicates what we're walking into. So we, we know what we're going into. We know how we need to prepare, um, making sure we're locked into the key scout components um, going going into the game and, and being great with that over 40 minutes. Uh, we saw last time we played him down there, Chris Goulding had a three-minute patch in the second quarter. It goes from a five-point game to a 15-point game in the blink of an eye. So you, you can't you can't let this team win the big moments and, and we've got to be locked into that for 40 minutes. Here with Brisbane Bullets assistant coach Greg Vanderjat. Vandy, I, I do want to ask you a question the, the the club has turned a new page this year um, with bringing in Justin Schiller, but you've been there during some dark times over the last couple of years with changes, being the interim coach, you know, a couple of coaches leaving, Sammy Mack taking over and then you taking over from there. Um, what's it like being, having been there through all those changes and then being there this year when um, you guys are, are on the up and up? Yeah, look, I mean, you, you recognise what the past has been. Um, that's for sure. You know, you recognise what it's been and, and why it was that way. Um, you know, you can't move forward without acknowledging those things. But, you know, we, we've acknowledged those things as a group collectively um, and, and talked about what it was. Um, now we only talk about what it looks like moving forward. You know, what are our daily habits? Um, we expect to be great every single day uh, when we come into the practice environment. These are the things that are non-negotiable. These are what our habits look like when we scout. 
you know, we leave no stone unturned in, in Scout to, to make sure that we prepare the group as best as we possibly can. Um, so, you know, while, while we acknowledge the past, it, it's all about what, what the future looks like for us now and, and moving forward. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of, I'll leave it at that. Um, but for sure, there, there's a great vibe around the club right now. Like Justin and, and our CEO, Mal Watts, have done a great job in, in, in transforming the, the culture of the club and, and leading that and, and holding everyone to account with that. Um, and, and it starts with the people you have, right? Like, you know, we, we've got some, some really, really high-quality people from top to bottom in the organization, and, you know, that, that makes that culture shift, um, you, you know, a little bit easier than, than it potentially is if you don't have the character of people that we have here. Greg Vanderjet, thanks for your time on the NBL show and all the best down in Melbourne this weekend. No, thanks, gents. Always a great time. Happy to chat. We're back. This is SEN's NBL show with Braden Hesselhurst. Sobey with some footwork in the jam with authority. A show built for Australian basketball fans. And who's on the radar this week? Yes, this week we are skipping the news headlines and going straight into who's on the radar. And this week we are taking aim at the Adelaide 36ers' ownership, mutually parting ways with coach CJ Bruton. First of all, can we get rid of that tag? It's it's in every release about a coach getting dismissed or sacked. No coach mutually agrees to get sacked. So can we please get rid of that? But he's been released. He was in the final year of his contract. He'd been at the helm since the start of the 21-22 season. He had a record of 27-40 and 40 and was 4-9 and nine on the season after a 35-point loss to the Jack Jumpers on the weekend. But to me, there's, there's a bit of a history going on here in Adelaide. They got rid of Joey Wright, or Joey Wright left, a legend of the NBL. Connor Henry was sacked on the eve of his second season, I believe. And then now CJ Bruton has been dismissed. Three coaches, one common denominator. There's been other situations as well. The Daniel Johnson debacle, another legend of the Adelaide 36ers. He ended up playing in different colours this year. Why? The Adelaide 36ers thought he was retiring and go, oh, we're going to retire your jersey this year. Daniel Johnson goes, hang on, I'm not retiring. So they have that situation with an absolute club legend and someone who's fought for that club, played in grand finals for that club and took him to some... Great seasons as well. And then other decisions. Bringing assistant coach Craig Simpson. I'm pretty sure that wasn't CJ Bruton's choice. And all Craig Simpson did was carry on like a pork chop all year on the sidelines, jumping up and down at every chance he got. Now, that doesn't allow a head coach to do his job to the fullest of his ability. But on top of that, my understanding of the situation is that coach CJ Bruton didn't have much power down in Adelaide to make decisions, with it, whether it's roster or anything or else or anything else surrounding his team. Now, how is a coach meant to do his job and take the team to success if that's the case? We've seen it before with Illawarra and Rob Beveridge. And whenever we see this kind of power from ownership, it just doesn't work out well. Maybe these teams can take a little bit of a lesson from Craig Hutchinson and what he's done at the Perth Wildcats. Stuck true with his coach. And now John really and the Perth Wildcats are on a six-game winning streak. So Adelaide 36's ownership, got some questions to answer. How do you like them, Matt? <laughs> 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 
right now, it is time for Brayden's Top Dogs. And we're going all Queensland this week for our Top Dogs. The first is Cairns Import, Josh Roberts. Before the game against United on the weekend, the most amount of minutes he played in a game was nine versus Brisbane on Friday night. He even had a DNP against Perth early in the season. Then Adam Ford, the puppet master he is, every time it seems like his team's struggling, he makes a move that just pans out perfectly, elevates him into the starting lineup alongside Jonah Antonio, plays 27 minutes, has 22 points, five rebounds, three blocks, shoots it at 91% from the field and helps the Cairns top ends to a massive win over the championship favourites. Now, Roberts only trails Will Magne as far as net rating. The second, Chris Smith. 23, 17, and 16 in his last three games, shooting above 50% for the Bullets in each of those three games. And he's helped that offense click. While Nathan Sobey has been struggling a little bit the last couple of games, only had 35 points in the last three games and shooting in the 20s percent-wise as well. He's done other things and really had an impact on the game, but struggling offensively, and Chris Smith has really helped that team click. Last year, it was Milton Doyle, who played against the Adelaide 36ers after his dad passed away from cancer early in the day. So a huge shout-out to Milton Doyle. Round 10 this week, Thursday, we, tonight we start in Cairns with the Taipans versus Sydney. Friday, Illawarra Hawks versus Perth Wildcats. Saturday, New Zealand versus Tasmania. Adelaide versus Cairns. And Sunday, the big one, Melbourne United hosting the Bullets and Sydney hosting the South East Melbourne Phoenix. That's all we have time for in the NBL show. We'll see you next week.